But thank you for this day, and thank you for all of the many blessings that you have given to us. God, we ask as we get ready to do this service today, Lord, as we do communion for you, God, that you cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Lord, give us hearts, repentive hearts, um, Lord, so that we can take this um, in your presence, Lord. Thank you for everything that you have done for us, God. Thank you for literally everything you do for us, God, to make us grow and to grow us, to get us closer to you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 26. As you're turning there, let me um, make a statement. Next Sunday, um, uh, we will uh, be looking at, a, again, a, another kind of standalone passage or sermon. Um, next week, I'm going to deal with um, things such as strongholds or temptations in our lives. There are things that are strongholds and temptations in our lives, or people, we, we know people with strongholds and temptations, things that they just can't overcome. Uh, we're going to talk about um, what, what the Bible says and, and what Paul says, specifically in the book of Romans, as Paul himself uh, said, there are things that, uh, that I do that I don't want to do. Um, and, and these are strongholds, these are things that have a hold of us. There's sin, there's things as believers. Um, and, and in that, what does the Bible say? How do we overcome those? How do we deal with those? Because here's the reality. Um, we, we have sin in our lives as even Christians, right? And, and how we deal with it sometimes is we do not take that sin as serious as we did the moment we come to, to salvation because we, we think I'm saved and so um, I just keep doing this but it's okay because God has saved me. Uh, but God has called us uh, out of that kind of thing. Matter of fact, uh, God didn't save you just for, for eternity, for heaven. He saved you to break the strongholds of sin in your life. Do you believe that, that, that sin can be broken? Then we're going to deal with that next week, how we do that. Because here's what I'm convinced of as, as we just come out of our series, out of talking about hypocrisy within the church or, or hypocrisy in general in Matthew chapter 23, what I'm convinced of is this. The reason that people think that, that Christians are hypocrites is not because um, that, that we're naturally just um, hypocrites, but because we actually have strongholds in our lives and we don't want to deal with those kind of things. And so... Uh, and this is kind of a request by a couple people that said, hey, there's some things going on in my life. Can, can we deal with that from a, a, a perspective of a sermon? And I said, absolutely. And so, and then in October, we're going to start um, in 1 Corinthians. And so, but before we get there, this morning, we're going to gather at the table. Amen? How many like to gather at tables? We all like to gather at the table, Right? It's been said of Baptists, when we meet, we must eat. As a matter of fact, if we have a feast, what happens to church attendance? It gets bigger. Why? Because we want to we wanna eat. We want to we want, we want eat good stuff. We want home-cooked stuff, stuff that other people bring at our homes. How many of you grew up in a home where the family ate together every night? We, we, 
we do that for the most part. We, we eat together. And one of the things we, we've started at our, our dinner table is this. We, we've started a conversation. And we'll say, what did you do today or how was your day? And we'll start and Jet will pick to, to who goes first, whether it's me or Katie or him or Sadie. And we'll just talk about what we've done that day around the table. We don't have a TV in our kitchen. Now, in the past, we've had some issues with, with tablets and, and, and stuff, but we're trying to deal with those kind of things. But, but we, we sit around the table, right? Thanksgiving, what do we do? The extended family comes what? Around the table. And so oftentimes, good conversation and all kinds of things happen at the table, right? Well, this morning, we're going to journey with the disciples and with Jesus to a table. This is a table that, that, in a journey that began three and a half years prior to this, as Jesus began to surrender, as he, he came into the, the calling, as he, he walked into what God wanted him to do, the Father wanted him to do, as he is the eternal Son, God uh, sent his Son so that so this three and a half years and ultimately what was coming would take place. And so three and a half years before the disciples and Jesus got to this table, they were on a journey. But during their journey, one of the things we know is oftentimes Jesus sat with his disciples and with others around a what? A, a table. A matter of fact, Jesus got criticized often for going to sit at a table in the house of Pharisees. And, and in the house, not Pharisees, of um, sinners and tax collectors, those kind of things. The Pharisees made fun of them, talked about it, said, you're sinning. But Jesus would go sit at the table of, of sinners. He would go and, and do that. And so oftentimes Jesus sat at tables with people. And those tables oftentimes or were often pointing to ultimately what was coming. And so this morning as we journey with Jesus, as we begin to think about this table behind me, this is the last table that would, Jesus would set out. But this last table was a place of, listen, of conversation, a place of reflection, a place of peace, a place of grace, but also, listen to this, a place of confrontation. Oftentimes we do not think of this table, the table that Jesus sat at with his disciples, as a table of confrontation but it is. It's a table of confrontation because Jesus confronted Judas. He confronted what was going on within the disciples. But in it, ultimately, the confrontation comes in. Jesus is confronting sin and the issue of sin and how it's going to be resolved and solved. And so this morning, as we begin to unpack this text and talk about it, I want to talk about the two elements, and then I want to spend some time talking about those things, about conversation around the table. I want to talk about how we can have peace uh, um, at the table, how we can reflect at the table, and how we can understand grace at the table, but also that we can understand that there is confrontation at this table. So does it make sense? So let's, let's unpack our text this morning, our, our passage of Scripture. I'm trying to change um, from saying text to Scripture uh, for a purpose. Verse 26, as they were eating, look at this, they were, they were eating a meal. They were eating what meal? 
the Passover. The, the, this, this event that happened thousands of years ago where God passed over the, the, the Israelites because they had made a sacrifice and went and, and uh, finished the 10th plague of uh, the exodus of, of Moses and the Israelites. So they're celebrating that where God passed over the nation and brought his wrath upon the Egyptians. And they're celebrating what God had done there. They've done this for thousands of years. And they are sitting there at this Passover meal. They're eating it. They're, they're taking it. And as they're doing that, Jesus took some bread. And he blessed it. And he broke it. And he gave it to the disciples. And said, take, eat. This is my body. Uh, as Jesus was, was taking this bread and, and this first kind of thing that you want to understand about is, is the bread this morning. So if you're taking notes, you can write down the bread. The, the bread this morning uh, is a symbolic illustration of Jesus' body. Jesus wasn't saying, here's my body, uh, take and eat of it. He was not telling them to take the, the physical flesh of his body and eat. He, he, what he was doing is he was symbolizing something. He was saying, as, as this bread is broken, as, as my body is going to be broken, take and, and eat it and, and, and remember why my body is broken. And so as we, we in just a little while take the bread, the remembrance of the bread is that Jesus' body was broken so that our bodies will be made whole and healed as we come to Christ and as we get into the glorious place of, of heaven. When you and I pass away, our bodies will not be old and decrepit in the new kingdom and new, a new earth. It will be new. It will be good. How many of you realize that Penny has lots of energy? You do. How many of you would like to have half the amount of energy she has? Yeah. Here's the thing. She doesn't have anything compared to what the new body that all of us will have. Because Christ's body was broken, because his life was, was given. Because of that, when we take of the bread, when we do that, we remember that all the aches and pains of today, even the remembrance of, of death of a loved one right now is, is going to be healed. It is being healed because Jesus was broken. So often, though, I think when we take the bread, we, we think of it from just a perspective of, okay, yeah, I remember Jesus died on the cross. Yeah, he, his, his body was, was there. But to think about this, being broken, being stabbed, being beaten. Think about this. He, as he's making this statement, he is well aware of the beating that's coming. He's well aware of the nails that's coming. He's well aware of the spear that's coming. And so when he says, that, take and eat, this is my body, it's going to be broken, he's aware of those things. The disciples, though, on the other hand, are sitting there not realizing that. They think, what do you mean your body's going to be broken? You're going to break, a, you're gonna break your leg? You're going to break your arm? What, what, are you, what are you talking about? 
you know, they don't understand this. So often, though, when we come to this passage of Scripture and thinking about the Lord's table, we think that the disciples had it together as they're sitting there. But as Jesus is talking, they, they, are, they are confused and, and they don't understand. They're like, wait a minute, we're here for the Passover. What, what, what are we doing? And so as Jesus takes this bread, he's like, they're like, wait a minute, this is not part of the Passover. What, what are we doing? And so think about that, that, that when we begin to talk about the bread, as, as we think about Jesus' body, when we begin to share the gospel with people, when we begin to, to talk about Jesus with others, they may not understand why Jesus had to be broken and why Jesus had to go through the things that he went through, and they are in no different place than the disciples were at. As we begin to present the gospel and teach the gospel to people, they will begin to understand that, that the body of Christ had to be broken, had to be, be the, the, the flesh had to be shed so that we would be made whole again. But here's the big issue as we share the gospel and live out the gospel. Most people don't believe they're broken. I've heard this stated to, to me multiple times by Christians and even by pastors and theologians sin is not a death issue it's a sickness issue that's not right sin is not just a sickness issue it is a death issue and it takes full brokenness to bring it back but so often we deal with sin as a sickness issue well, I, I'm, I'm just sick. I have a, uh, I'm an alcoholic because I'm just sick. No, no, you're an alcoholic because, because you're, you're a sinner. And, and that may that, that that sin may have a stronghold on you, and we'll deal with that next week. But here's the good news: Jesus's body was broken so that that stronghold w will be mended and healed even here. You can begin the process here. Again, is this making sense? So as we take the body and we, we think about it being broken, I think about, about um, you know, just I think about how often we, we miss that. We, we just take a piece of bread and we let, okay, and then move on. But not only was his body broken, but let, let's, let's read the passage even more. In verse 27, then he took the cup, after giving thanks, and he said to them, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for the forgiveness of sins, or poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. But I tell you, I will not drink from, this, from the fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So not only was there the bread, but there's the second thing here, the second element that we call it, and it's the cup. And, and Jesus says, drink, this is the blood of my, my covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And Jesus, again here, is using a symbolic picture, a word picture, to, to understand that, that his life was going to be poured out, his blood was going to be poured out so that you and I would not be empty. He was going to be emptied so that you and I would be full. 
when, when he pours his life out, he pours it out so that you and I will no longer thirst. We will no longer hurt. We will no longer have to go through those things, but we will have the beauty of this cup. And so as we come here in just a moment and take this cup, it's, it's not just a, a cup of grape juice, but it, it's, a, it's a cup that we, should remind us that, that we are now full within our hearts because of Christ Jesus. It doesn't mean that when bad things come that, that we don't respond um, to those things, but how we respond is realizing that, that when this bad thing happens, that, that the cup is there for me to be refreshed. So often, though, I think we walk through bad things and, and we, we, we deal with those without realizing that there is a refreshing cup that is inside of us and it is because of the blood of Christ and we don't turn into that or we don't tune into that. We, we, we turn to other things but to realize that, that the blood is there for us. It's there for, for the forgiveness of our sins. It's there to, to bring us refreshment. It's there to bring us what we need. been a hot summer has it not how many of you been outside or doing something and you just your mouth just starts to get dry there's something about taking either a cold bottle of water or in Ellen's case a Dr. Pepper and and when you're just thirsty just taking that drink right there's something refreshing about that right you can be exhausted and, 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 a, and a drink will, will what? Refresh you. Uh, growing up, when I was in high school, I used to help, um, I used to help with, with a local gentleman, and we would, we would gather hay, and, and he would go out in the fields, and I, he would drive the tractor, and because I was 16, 17, I would be on the hay wagon stacking the hay. And I will never forget, as we got a hay wagon, as we got every hay wagon uh, finished, he, he would stop and, and I'd get a big drink of my um, water bottle and, and it was just so refreshing. But I'll never forget the one day, it was extremely hot and we, we, we were out in the field and, and Keith says, we've got to get, we've got to get a thousand bells today. We, that's a lot of bells. We, we have got to do this. And I said, okay, and we started early and so we start. And he said, bring your lunch. And so I brought my lunch that day. Normally we'd go out somewhere. And we sit down and he goes to his truck and he pulls something out. Pulls a cooler out. And in that cooler he opens it up and it's, it's a watermelon. And he slices that thing. How many like watermelon? It was refreshing. Why? Because it had the sugar in it, had the sweetness in it, had the water, had everything I needed at that moment. The blood of Christ Jesus, yes, forgives us of our sins for those who trust in him. For whomsoever believes and trusts in him, the cup brings not only forgiveness, but refreshment to us. 
And so as we begin to sit around the tables, the disciples are sitting around that, that last table, and they're, they're hearing about this, this broken body and this, this blood in this cup, which would have been offensive to them because you don't do what? You don't drink blood. Jew, Jew, Jewish, um, the Levi, Levitical law, I'll spit it out in a minute, said that you, you don't drink blood. And so Jesus said, not only are you going to break my, not only is my body going to be broken, but you're going you're gonna to drink, drink my blood, which would have been offensive to them. What, what, what are you talking about here, Jesus? For three and a half years, you've been really, really cool, but right now it's a little uncomfortable. I mean, think about it. We don't think of it that way, do we? We just think of these guys sitting around a table saying, uh, singing Kumbaya and saying, oh, yeah, hey, I'm not going to be the one who betrays him. We think of that because they do argue over that. But, but think about much more than that. They're thinking, what is going on here? And, and Jesus is saying, you're not going to drink of this cup again until the new kingdom. What, what are you talking about, Jesus? And, and here's the thing. They walked away from that table that night not being fully clear. As a matter of fact, being in, still in confusion. We, we think about that. We think that, that okay, that, well, they walk away to go to the garden. They're, they're all good to go. But they walk away from that table more confused than they were situated in the situation. Matter of fact, as I looked at this passage this week, um, can I make this statement? As I looked at it this week, I think I understood um, Peter's denial a little bit more this week than I probably ever have. Because as I read, I began to think, wait a minute. For three and a half years, he followed Jesus, and everything was going really well. They, everybody was being fed. Everybody's being healed. Yeah, he was preaching some difficult messages, but all was good. Now, all of a sudden, uh, this guy has went all wacko on us. He said, my body's going to be broken. You're going to eat it, and all of a sudden, you're going to drink the cup of my blood. How many would, if you walked with somebody you know for three and a half years, and then all of a sudden they said that, you would think this guy has lost it? We would, wouldn't we? Why are the disciples any different? Because they don't understand, do they? And so they, they, they walk out and they're like, they're walking out of this room confused. And then Jesus says, we're going to go to a garden. It's dark at night. You mean we're going to a garden? I mean, I'm not trying to downplay i'm just saying this is what these guys were going through this is real life kind of thing we but we think again they had it together but it wasn't until later on they put this together oh he was talking symbolism he was talking about what he was getting ready to go through in just a few hours he didn't mean that we were physically going to eat his body. He just meant that every time we broke the bread and shared it together, that we did that in remembrance of him. That, that when we took the cup and drank of it, he didn't mean that it was literally his blood, but he meant that it was, it was the, the juice in there was a symbolism of his blood that had been poured out. And so here's the thing. As, as we celebrate this morning, um, there's a couple things I want to talk about as we come to a close of this Part. reflection of the table a 
I said earlier that conversation happens because of the table. There are five things here if you, you want to jot these down. One is, as we come to this table, as the disciples came to this table, we can come, excuse me, understanding there's conversation happening. Yes, Jesus was conversing with his disciples, but because of this table, you and I can converse with the holy God of the universe. It's his table. He invites you and I to, to, to the table. It's, it's not White Oak Baptist's table. It's not anything. It's Jesus' table. And, and, and only those whom Jesus calls can come to this table. This table is not open to every single person on the planet. It's only open to those who have trusted in Jesus Christ. Now, if every single person on the planet has trusted in Christ, then, then they are welcome at this table. But those who have come to Christ are welcome at this table to sit at this table, to sit with Jesus at this table and, and have a conversation. So when you're broken, guess what? You can go have a conversation with Jesus at this table. So this morning, we're going to reflect personally before we take this. You can say, Jesus, I'm hurting right now. Can, can we talk for just a moment? And you know what Jesus will do? He'll sit down at the table and say, let's, let's talk. Not only that, but secondly, um, we can reflect because of this table. Reflection comes because of this table. And we're able to reflect on the things that God has done in our lives, both good things and bad things. We're able to reflect and say, God, I am so thankful you've done this in my life. And God, um, I've walked through this in, in my life. Um, and I'm thankful you brought me through this. And in our reflection, we can realize this, that both of those things are due to God's grace in our lives, that we're able to come through the bad thing and that God blessed us with a good thing. And in that, we don't set on those things, but we just reflect on those things. But so often, when we come to the table in the, the issue of reflection, what we do is we not only reflect on those, but we hold on to those. Let me ask a question here. When you, when you look at a mirror, when you walk away, does re your reflection stay? It goes, right? So that's reflection, right? But so often the way we treat reflection is this. We post our picture of ourselves there so that we hold on to it. How many of you woke up this morning and looked in the mirror and you looked way different than you did five years ago? How many of you wanted to post a picture you had of yourself five years ago? Yeah. But that's not reflection. That's what? That's a stronghold holding you. This table is about reflecting about the things that have happened and realizing that it's forgiven. Next, thirdly, it's this. It's a place of peace. We, this table is about peace and, and, and it's about comfort. When we come to this table, we realize that we have peace before God. That, that if you take of this, that, that, you, that this is a realization that, that you have peace with God. That means you're, you're saved. You're a believer in Christ. So there, there is peace that comes here. It, there is something about comfort food, right? How many in this room have a comfort food? Mine's... Oh, multiple things, but I love chicken livers. 
I do. I love chicken livers. But we have comfort foods, right? When we're down, we're out, whatever it is, we, we can just grab a whatever it is, and, and it just, there's something about that food that makes the moment what? Okay, right? That's what this table's about. It's about peace and comfort in those moments. Fourthly, it's about grace. Grace is unmerited favor. It's about living and knowing that, that God showed favor upon us, that he brought that favor upon us, that he gave us grace. And in that, we can extend that grace. Can I say this about this part of the table? As we come and reflect and think about the table, if you come to this table and you say, I'm thankful that God gave me grace and I love receiving it, but you're unwilling to give grace, I would say take a moment before you take this table. Because when Jesus gave you grace, he gave you it so you could give it to others. Grace is, listen, unmerited favor. What that means is when my kids are at their worst, I don't bring the wrath, but I bring favor. That's exactly the biblical picture. As a father, that's hard. But sometimes that's what my kids need. You and I needed that, and God brought unmerited favor, grace. And so I, I say this as a reflection of my own life. If you have a hard time giving grace, take a moment and ask God at this table to show you how to do that. Lastly, before we get ready to come to the table, is confrontation. Confrontation uh, comes to this table because Jesus confronts sin. In 1 Corinthians, Paul deals with, with the communion and deals with the Lord's Supper in this way. He begins to talk to the church in Corinth about this, and, and he begins to say this, and he, and he comes to a point in 1 Corinthians where he says this. He says this, if you take of this, this, this meal and... and and you're not right before the Lord, th then sickness and death comes. Do, do I literally believe sickness and death can come because of a sinner in the lives of taking this table? I absolutely do. Why? Because Paul says it happened, right? And we'll deal with that when we get to 1 Corinthians. Was Paul's words the word of God? So if Paul says you take of this with a wrong kind of spirit and, and because of that sickness and death comes guess what happened sickness and death comes but we don't think of this table in that way we think of it as this um, as long as I, I'm a believer I'm good to go no no Paul's warning and I think even Jesus's warning to us is this that that we are to be committed to this table and we are to take of it in, in a right kind of manner so it confronts us for who we are, the sin we have in our lives. Just as Jesus was confronting the disciples right there with the sin in their lives, the, the lostness, what they were missing. Again, he's confronting all kinds of issues there. They think that he's going to restore the kingdom on earth immediately. 
Jesus wasn't coming to do that. He was coming to do something greater. And so this table is a table of confrontation. So this morning, all are welcome, whether you're a member or whether you're um, a guest with us this morning, all are welcome at this table if you are a believer in Jesus Christ. That is the only requirement. At one point in time, I was for closed communion. You're like, what is that? That means only church membership. But God transformed my heart in that. Because who am I to say that his people aren't allowed to come to his table? It's not my table. It's not our table. It's his table. And so this morning, um, as, as we come, get ready to come to the table, as, um, as Jordan comes to, to lead us in just a moment, what I want to do during this time of, of reflection and song, reflection um, in prayer, and again, all are welcome, is for you to reflect on these things. What's going on in my life? Do, do I have sin in my life? Do, do I not know Christ? And if you don't know Christ, guess what? Right now you're not welcome at that table, but within just the next moment or two, you can come to Christ, and guess what can, can happen? You can come to this table. You, you don't have to wait. But if you come to Christ this moment, you, you can do that. You can say, John, I don't know how to do that. Tap somebody next to you and say, I want to come to Christ. I want to know how to do that. And, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I will, we will slow down just a little bit so that you can take of this, if that's the case. And we will celebrate that. Amen? And so this morning, as, as Jordan leads in song and reflection, where are you at? Where am I at? And I, I'm going to do the same thing that you, you're going to do. And there have been times in my life where I did not take. Because there were things in my life that I knew at that moment I needed something outside of myself to do. I needed to mend a relationship. I needed to do something to fix it. It wasn't just me and God. It was me and someone else. And guess what? I will not look down upon you and nobody else will if you don't partake of it. Okay. This is not a if you don't you know if you don't take of it you're gonna make fun of. Nobody will even know. And if they do, they're gonna we're gonna have a conversation because if they do, then then they didn't need to take of this. So let's pray. And then I want you to have a sense of prayer in your life. Father, I thank you for this day. Father, I thank you for the bread and I thank you for the the cup for what it means for this table for the conversation for the journey that took place this morning God as we come before you before you that you would just help us to see you that as we journey to your table this morning you'd be with us for it's in Jesus name We're going to sing in response and, and give you an opportunity to pray as, as we sing. And then after the end of this, we're going to, I'm going to ask uh, Roy to come forward, and he's going to help me this morning. We're, going to, uh, we're literally going to come to the table. I grew up in a Baptist, in, well, when I got saved, I grew up in the Baptist church where we passed the plates. 
the older I've gotten, that seems to be too convenient. Because Jesus calls us to the table, not for us to take the table to him. So you can pray here, you can go back to your seat, you can do whatever you want after you take the elements. For me, that's a special time because I can take my time. So let's stand and let's sing in response.
Father, you are you're here. Lord Jesus, you, your presence is here. The Holy Spirit, you are so present. Thank you for this table. Thank you for being able to, to come to it, but you, you offer it to us. And God, I pray this morning that you just, you'd be with us. Be with those who are right now um, in your presence with you just speaking to you. Father, take our time and, and may we be with you in Jesus' name. Amen. You come down and participate as well. So we'll, we'll be in silence and that's strange thing to be, but it's a good place to be. And so this morning, um, if you're not able to come to the table due to a health issue or something, um, when we get done, we, we will bring the elements to you as well. And so um, Roy is going to share something about the bread, and then I'm going to share something about the cup, and then what we'll do is we'll start front rows and then kind of work our way back. And so just come down the aisle and back around. And so you can pray here, wherever. And at any point, you can take the elements um, that you feel ready to. evening he said this is the cup of the new covenant take and drink of it and so as you drink of this cup remember the covenant that you now are in because of being a believer in Christ and it is Christ who made that covenant with you